Hey, welcome to whatever this is. I don't really know. We're live uh, on YouTube, and we're going to go over my 2020 annual review. So if you have any questions at all, please just feel free to go into the comments section or the question section, whatever it is, and post your questions. We already have some coming in, and I'm going to be answering them in a Q&A section and possibly throughout this broadcast while we... I don't know. This is the first time doing it. We're on. We're using Ecamm Live. I have a guest with me. We have little things. We have little jingles. I don't know if you just heard that jingle. Hopefully, you heard that jingle. I have no idea. Um, that's actually an old jingle that I wrote many years ago for a different podcast that never actually went out and got launched, and uh, here we are. So, it looks like comments are able to appear on the screen, which is actually pretty cool, but um, let's let's not do that. I don't know how this works, but... Um, first to kind of go over this with me, um, we're going to actually, I'll, sh I'll share my screen and we'll go over the entire post, everything that happened to me this year with my business. Um, but I would like to bring on somebody, a guest that I kind of just called up a buddy of mine to come on and do this with me. And his name is Sean Ogle and welcome, Sean. Can you see me? This is incredibly professional looking, even by your standards, Matt. I know, right? I'm, I'm pretty impressed with your setup you got going on here. Yeah, right? Cool, right? <laughs> I like this. This is pretty neat. Yeah, absolutely. I need a better camera. Well done. You can see, like, my blotchy red skin. Who cares? Well, I'm not a, I'm not you a, know, I'm If you would have given me more of a heads up, I would have yeah. had the better camera, and I would have, you know, had the microphone set up. But, you know, next time. Next we'll, time. Only you can people, go, but put up. I, I'm, I'm assuming people can hear you. Um, definitely Michelle said she heard the jingle, so that worked. We're moving in the right direction. Did you hear the jingle? I heard the jingle. Really? <laughs> All right. Well, Sean Ogle, welcome to the show. Uh, welcome to whatever this is. This could, this could be a show. I did add some little animations and things to kind of prepare for what could possibly become a show. Of course you did. <laughs> All right before I, I jumped on locationrebel.com. Uh, Breakin80.com, slightlypretentious.co. <laughs> yeah, there you go. You got it. I got moneylab.co, baby. You know how it works. Um, <laughs> so, I mean, you can hear me. I can hear me. Everybody can hear me. Sound all good, Adrian says. So, all is well. We're doing it. We are live. There we go. We're doing it um, live. Huh? Yeah. So, Brant, thanks for the fox. That, that fox was like 80 bucks. That's like an $80 pillow. I didn't get it. it, it my mom got it for us, but it was like ridiculously expensive. Um, anyway, uh, how has your 2020 been, Sean? You know, all up until about March 2nd, when I left you in Vail, my year was great. And then after that, it's been complete chaos. And why? What happened? You know, just like, I, you know, just been hanging out at home for nine months straight. Yeah. Um, but in all seriousness, like given the circumstances, given all the crap that's happened this year and all of the like negatives it has actually been a pretty good year for me, both personally and professionally. Certainly a lot of negatives, certainly a lot of downsides, but given the circumstances, it could have been a lot worse. Yeah. I mean, mine was pretty bad, but, yeah, uh, <laughs> you know, the, I, I know somebody who died of coronavirus um, this year, uh, for obviously this year. Um, so that was tough, but like we moved this year and... All of that is like, well, I was really nervous in, which is what we're going to talk about in a second, but I was really nervous in April when Amazon basically screwed everybody with 
you know, because they they want more money, or I don't know what their reasoning was behind. Yeah. Wh- whatever you want to call it, the Amazon Ageden. Did I just come yeah. up with that? <laughs> I like it. It works. Yeah. So that was nerve wracking, especially because that's where I primarily like. That's where I make most of my money with um, Swim University. So it was like, you know. Uh oh, because this is a bad. I mean, it was what? It was like a hundred. You predicted it was going to be like a hundred and seventy some thousand dollar hit to your business. Yeah, I was I right. Mean, that's 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 a big deal. Yeah, it was more than fifty percent loss in that category in that revenue stream. Yeah. So, like, what's interesting about every single one of my businesses is that they all had they were all home based, right? Like, they were all and and yours weirdly. Uh, was I'm assuming fine because ev- because golf course is never closed, right? So breaking80.com, you were you were fine. Yep. Yeah, breaking80 actually started doing better because golf was one of the only things that could people do. could do. Yeah. And as far as Amazon goes, it was in a different category from you. Mm. So we got hit, but it didn't get hit quite as hard as like home goods or gardening or whatever pool falls into. Really? Yeah, we got hit. Yeah, the pool category, or I guess outdoor life got hit big time. Because you were you went from what like eight percent down to three percent commissions, is that right? Uh huh. Yeah. We'll go. Over. I think we were four and a half percent and went down to three percent, so it was less of a hit, but still not fun. Yeah. Um. Do you do an annual review on your on your website on on Location Rebel? I have in the past. Mm-hmm. Um. Basically, I would do two posts: ten things that I rocked at and ten things that I sucked at. And then kind of make some goals and predictions for the future. So um, I haven't done it in a couple of years, but I've thought about rekindling it in YouTube form this year. So we'll see if it happens. Okay. So if that's, do you know what those are off the top of your head? I could probably certainly come up with some of them. Give me the things that you sucked at this year. (laughs) Not the things Uh, you sucked. I don't want to know that. I just want to know the things you sucked at in your business. (laughs) So one of the biggest things that I sucked at my business was, actually treating it like a real business. So similar to you, I've got three sites. I've got Location Rebel, where we teach people how to build small businesses. I've got Breaking 80, which is all about golf and golf travel. And I've got Slightly Pretentious, which is all about cocktails. Um, and now that you know, I've got these three sites, any one of them should be a full-time job. They should get full-time attention, and none of them are because I'm spread too thin. So a smart business owner would be like, cool, I'm going to hire someone to help with each of these things. Yet me being, you know, the true like solopreneur lifestyle entrepreneur at heart, whatever you want to call it. I'm like, no, that's money out of my pocket. I'm just going to keep trying to do it all myself. And, you know, even though all three of them are doing fairly well, they're not living up to the potential that any one of them could have. So my biggest failure is not bringing in the help I need to truly scale and grow these things in a way that would help them live up to their potential. Right. So you're like. I think that's exactly what I went through this year, which was yeah. my whole life. I have my whole lifestyle business post, which you can read, but it was like, yeah, I am a, I am a creator. You know, I, what I want to do, you know, it's, yep. it's, and I'm a designer and I'm a videographer, like I can jack of all trades. And yeah. we, you know, we hired people to do the work on, I have three sites as well. So we hired people to do that work. And then like, once they were, they started to leave or there was a there was a moment where I like I downgraded and I was like, you know what? We don't really need that many people. We don't really have that much content going out. Like, let's kind of like bring it down a bit. 
And then it was this whole idea that like once Michelle had left the company, it was, well, what's, how are we going to manage these three sites? Like can Steph and I, who's, you know, my girlfriend, can we do it together? And so like, yeah, we ended up, we're not producing as much content. Like we're not putting out a weekly, you know, article on all the sites and I'm sure you're not doing the same thing either. But the yep. things that I want to put out in the future are like, I'll spend a week on it. I'll spend a week, you know, working on a brew cabin post or a money lab post or a, or a, uh, you know, swimming diversity post. And then like one a month, maybe. Totally. And then hopefully stand the test of time, really. Well, and each one of my businesses has been in a different phase. So slightly pretentious is brand new. So I'm just trying to, you know, build up traffic, build up the audience. And because it's new, there is like an unlimited number of stuff I can write about. You know, I make a lot of content, uh, cocktails. Yeah. I've had this goal of trying to go to the top 100 bars. So it's like, cool, I'm still excited. I can write about all of that stuff. I don't want to hire out someone to write those posts that I'm enjoying. Whereas right. with Location Rebel, we've been around for 11 years now. We've had, I've written over a thousand blog posts on the site. And so now that's in a completely different phase of life where I don't know how I can write about freelance writing, online business in any other ways that I already have. So it's been about updating old posts, focusing us on SEO, and then mm -hmm. a big shift to video, right. which is what I've been excited about. You know, doing YouTube, you know, it's kind of a whole new challenge. It's new. It's fun. Um, so I can't really hire out. You know, I, I did bring on my dad to help with some editing yeah. for YouTube stuff, but, you know, it still kind of comes down to, to me. Um, so did it's you, kind of trying to, did you burn out this year on YouTube for a little bit or was that just a, you know, I just was taking a break. Uh, a little of both, you okay. know, we had done, I did 72 videos last year. Uh, last count, I think I've done 77 videos this year. And so I just kind of, I took like a month long break where it was basically like, okay, starting to run out of ideas, mm. starting to just put up two videos a week just because, and I wanted to take a step back, really think about the content I wanted to create and really start just, you know, finding my creativity again to do something unique and create videos that are unique to the space that people want to watch and are actually useful. So after that break, it's been been fun. So now I've got six or seven videos in the bank and can really yeah. kind of start focusing on creating videos that are higher quality. So that's, I think, exactly what I want to do this year, or I guess in 2021. Yeah. You know, like I, I did... I, you know, you know how hard it is to make, you do what you were doing two videos a week, two videos a week. Yeah. Yeah. And you were sitting down and doing them yourself and then having your dad edit and was he publishing or you would go and publish. I would still publish, which okay. frankly, like that's the worst thing. That's the worst part about YouTube is, you know, getting all your tag, getting the yeah. thumbnail, like getting the title ready. Like, you know, we usually with almost every YouTube video we have, we have a correlating blog post. Usually that's already been written, but needed to be updated. So going and like embedding and doing all of that, writing the email for it. So, mm -hmm. you know, oftentimes, you know, if I could shoot a video in, you know, an hour, it would take two or three hours just to do all the stuff associated with publishing. Right. And so that is, that is one of my goals for 2021 is to get someone to do that stuff. And that might be my dad. It might be our community manager, Liz. It might be somebody new. Okay. Um, but that's the stuff that just takes up a ton of time that truly could be done by somebody else. So I'm thinking of this format. I like this format. This is the whole reason I'm doing this today. Like I was, uh, I've been watching a bunch of live streams on YouTube of like comedians and different, in different genres. And I, I'm like, I love this like live 
you know, you can kind of mess up and you can, you can kind of riff on the fly. And every time we would do our podcast, which I'm not doing anymore, and I'll get into that too, like we were doing it live. And the only thing we would do in edit in the, like in post was to just trim the ends, add the music and then upload to megaphone is what we used. So with this, it's like, I'm literally making a YouTube video as we speak, like as we're recording it. So like we're, you know, and I can do all of these cool things. I actually, I was on, you know, Doug's on the, on the chat right now. He, I did a live stream with him last week and Ecamm had just released this like interview thing. And I'm like, Whoa, that's a game. That this to me cool. was a game changer. Yeah. So I'm like, if I can do stuff like this, where you're seeing like, look, you're looking at something that is, I'm looking at it. It's not perfect. Like I'm bigger in the white box than you are in the white box. Oh, okay. I never would have, <laughs> nobody noticed that except you. <laughs> There's there, my margins are thin. Your margins are fat. They need to be, you know, create it better. But like, I mean, this is it. And I can just, I can, I can talk and do me. I can show you, I can jump back to the interview. I can do all this stuff on the fly. Now I'm just doing it with my mouse, but once this is done, this is a YouTube video. Well, and you look at, you know, there's been a lot of YouTubers and creators that mm -hmm. have really embraced this model. I mean, you look at like what Pat Flynn's done. Like, I don't know how many live streams in a row right. he's done and it's been amazing for his business. You know, and I know, I, yeah. I know other people that have tried it and maybe not had quite as much success, but you know, I think it all just kind of depends on your brand and your personality right. and what your, what your viewers want. And I want to treat this again, I'm just testing that out, testing this out so far. It's great. Cause I can just call people like you, like Doug, you know, just text you and go, you want to jump on this show. I do it the same time every week. This is again, still trying to figure it out. But to me, this is re the replacement of the podcast and I can take this and make this a podcast too. Totally. And I've been well, trying I'm to figure out the Money Lab content engine. Like, obviously, I'm going to show you a piece of content from Money Lab, but it took me four days to write. You know, it's like I can't. It's just it's unsustainable for me to have to do that every week. If that if if Money Lab was the only thing, then yeah, but it's not the only thing I do. Well, and I'm just excited because you're going to figure all this out and then you're going to go and create live streaming for bloggers. And it's a course I'm going right. to buy and you're just you're doing all the hard work for me. Yeah. And all of us. <laughs> yeah. So it's I'm like. Yeah, I can. I'm just like looking at uh, the different yeah, things that I can idea. do here. Like I can. <laughs> oh, so I, what I can do, right, is you're in screen. This is so awesome. I can make you bigger. Oh, you can control. I was like, oh, I just got to adjust my, my seat here. <laughs> yep, I'm, I'm centering you up and then I can jump over to me and I can do the same thing. Center me up. Right. This You're is so awesome. <laughs> this is so awesome. I mean, you can't beat this, but um, I want to go over my 2020 year in review. You're going to be on screen in a little bottom corner and. Okay. I'm I'm gonna go roll through it and ask, if you want to ask questions along the way or just kind of have a conversation about it. Um, if anybody cool. in the chat wants to chime in with you know a question, if I'm going through this too quickly and there's something, there's a piece where you're like, wait a minute, I, I want to know something. Ask in the chat. I'm I'm paying attention, so we'll see how it how it goes. Ready? Well, I'll keep an eye on the chat. So if uh, there's something you miss, we can uh, oh, interrupt you, you for it. That's right. You can see the chat. Ugh. I can see the chat. Cool. All right. So I can see a chat. <laughs> so here we are. We're both in the little speech bubbles, right? And we are looking at the post. And hopefully I, I, everyone can see that. I can see it. Well, that's all that matters. 
No, it doesn't. No, actually, everyone has to. Uh, so this live stream will be actually right here when it's all said and done. You can you can live stream it on my website, which is kind of neat. Um, this this is something I follow every year. I've been doing it since 2016, since I started Money Lab. It was not something I wanted to do, but um, it was actually Jason Jason Zook who is the one who told me to do this. So. This is kind of like ever since then I've been doing this. And what I did was some secret behind the scenes stuff is I actually wrote 4,010 words in this post. Like I sat down and just wrote it all out, like following all of the things that I've, you know, was, were doing in the past. And then I thought it would be fun to, as like a, like an exercise for me to edit it down to 2020 words. So like That's it was the most Matt thing I've ever heard. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, constraint breeds creativity. And so like I went yep. crazy and added a bunch of stuff and then I went back and deleted things that I thought, you know, oh, this is not really interesting. This is not, you know, I would trim sentences so they were super tight because a lot of them were just run on sentences. And here we are with that. So like I mentioned before, or I don't know if I did mention before, I know Sean, you mentioned yours, but my current brands of 2020 are Swim University. Money Lab and Brew Cabin. And so Swim University is the one that I make all of my income from. That's how I pay the bills. It's everything. It's been that way since 2006. And uh, it currently makes money with affiliate links, specifically Amazon, or it used to be specifically Amazon. Now it's changed. And it makes money with digital products. And that has changed as well. And so this year, with the whole Amazonageddon, which is what I'm coining this term, um, it used to be about 70% of my income would come from Amazon, and then 30% would come from digital product sales. Well, this year, what happened was, and this is why I was okay, and this is why it's kind of a blessing in disguise, which I've been trying to get it from 70-30 to like 60-40, 50-50, you know, and kind of trying to make digital products, the majority of how I make money but without losing money. You know, I didn't, I was going to grow and not lose it. So what yeah. happened was Amazon did this for me. They cut my commissions from 7% down to th or 8% down to 3%. And so now I'm only making roughly 35% to 40% from Amazon. So I lost money there. However, I made up for it with digital product sales and the traffic overall on my site only increased by about 6%. And wow. so I think the reason for the, the shift, like why, like last year I didn't make nearly as much money. In fact, if you look down at the affiliate revenue, you know, I went from 283,000 to 162,000 on Amazon, huge, huge cut. Right. But look at that difference in digital product revenue. From, 80, from 82,000 to 235. Why did that happen? And I don't really explain why, because I don't really know why. Um, but I have a few guesses, obviously. There's some things I did. One, I moved to Podia. So I used to sell it uh, via a WordPress plugin, Easy Digital Downloads. And I had a lot of trouble with like people actually buying the products because they were just like, they would, you know, it would be caching issues and cookie issues and you know, just like it's a cart. So you had to like put it in a cart and then buy the thing. 
And so when I moved everything to Podia, it was like, it, it just completely changed. Like I just made money immediately moving because they make the checkout process so much easier. And that's fascinating for me as someone who still uses a WordPress plugin for all of my membership stuff on Location Rebel, and it's a nightmare. So right. that's one of our big goals for 2021 is moving over to something like Podia just because mm -hmm. it's such a better user experience. Yeah, and even like my sales pages are hosted on Podia, so it feels like a kind of seamless experience. Totally. I definitely think that, and then I, I went through every single post and I added you know, a little display box to promote the product and I added it at the bottom of every post and I added it in every email. And that was always sort of the case, but I did a lot more with like A-B testing and trying to get better headlines, better images. And that worked really well. And then I think that's really kind of it. You know, and again, yeah. like the traffic didn't grow. It was just my optimization on how I was selling my own product. And did you have the same products or did you update them? Did you create new ones? Did you raise the price? Yes. So I had the pool care handbook and video video course, which was $49. Yep. Um, yeah. And then I have the hot tub handbook and video course, which was that the handbook was updated. It went from 50 pages of an ebook to 150 pages. And then we had added a video component. So both of those became $49, I think last year in 2019, like late 2019. So I'm Got really, it. so I had, it was, it was already, the summer had already gone. And so I'm reaping the benefits of the 2020 summer. And I was really shocked to see that the, the traffic was only up by 6%. I thought that the traffic was way higher this year because of like yeah. coronavirus, everyone's home, everyone's doing, you know, they're just working on their pools at home. Right. So yep. that wasn't the case. And that's why, I mean, that's, I didn't, I looked at it from a sales perspective. I'm like, holy shit, we're selling like a ton of, of courses, man, the traffic must be way up from last year. And I didn't even check until the end of the year. And I'm like, oh, actually that wasn't the case. It was just better optimization of selling the products. Well, and, and the most expensive product you have on that is a $49 product. That's correct. Wow. That's and quarter million dollars on $49 products is impressive. Yeah. <laughs> and then uh, we created a new product this year called uh, the money saving, like money saving guide for pool owners, which is only $19 and it's only an upsell. So like, and that didn't come into play until I think July, I think we launched that. Okay. Uh, and then in the, in right before we moved, so we moved in September and as because of the masochist that we are, we decided to launch a new product right before we moved. And so only because, you know, people were starting to close their pools and this was the product for that. And so we created a pool winterization course that was highly detailed for just winterizing your pool. And that's now also $49, but that's a product that's very specific to the timing of when that goes out. So, and yeah. Do you sell any of these as a, a package or do you have to buy them all individually? No, you can buy them all individually. And then obviously like if you buy What's great about Podia is you can have upsells, right? So for every, so anybody who buys the pool care handbook, which is the pro, which is the main flagship product that people are buying the most. Yep. You then are presented with, you can get, you know, the hand, the, the money saving guide and the winterization course as like add-ons. So I Got think it. that's going to be huge in 2021. Yeah. Cause I didn't 100%. have the winterization course un, un, until, you know, later this year. 
cool. Um, so yeah, huge there. And then for Brew Cabin, no new products, but this is the most interesting thing. You read that that first sentence or that second sentence. I created one new post this year, and it ranked number one in less than a week, and traffic was up by forty percent year over year. <laughs> and last year in 2019. We didn't publish a single new piece of content. So in the last two years, I've published one piece of content on Brew Cabin and it continues to grow. Now, we're not talking about a ton of visitors, but it's not it's not nothing. On average, I think we get around thirty five to forty thousand visitors a month. That's not nothing. That's with not one nothing. new piece of content. <laughs> yeah. In two and, years. and later in the article, I talk about why that is like, why, why I believe I think, you know, that just worked. Yeah. And people were shocked. I had a friend text me because somebody on Twitter said, you know, your post is ranking number, you know, your how to build a home brewery post is ranking number one on Google. And it's like a 6,000 word post. It's absolutely massive. It took me 40 days to write it. You know, because I was yeah. literally building a brewery and writing this post. And so he was like, I was like, oh, cool. You know, like I knew the keyword I was going after. But then my friend texted me who has nothing to do with SEO. And he's like, dude, it's amazing that you that you did. How did you do that? I'm like, that's just what I've been doing for 15 years, man. <laughs> like, it's like my only job. It's not you know? my first rodeo here. I know yeah. what I'm doing. <laughs> and I'm like. And to be honest with you, it's like a zero difficulty keyword and only like a hundred people visit it, you know, search it a month. Yeah, but that's the great thing about sites like that is mm -hmm. you don't necessarily need a lot of people to make a, a big impact. Right. Um, you know, for instance, on my cocktail site, you know, one of the, the first real affiliate posts I did was best cocktail books and wasn't, you know, a huge amount of traffic for it. It wasn't a huge amount of competition for it, but you know, it ranked number two within about a month. And looking at my Amazon results, I have sold hundreds of cocktail books in the last two months, which is just kind of shocking to me. Really? But I think, that, yeah, I think there's something to be said for a niche website that is all about that specific thing. Like the entire site is about cocktails. Your entire site is about homebrew. Um, and yeah. I think that Google's starting to reward that. Do you, um, do you, have any plans to produce products for something like slightly, slightly pretentious, you know, in the future, like knowing you sold so many cocktail books, like it, to me, it makes sense that you would create your own cocktail book, right? I have considered this. Okay. Um, so it's something I just created like the ultimate guide to creating a home bar. So it's like, if okay. you want to spend $500 or $250 or $100 and you need to know what tools do I need, what liquors do I need to stock it and what recipes like should I start making? I created a whole guide for that. It's basically my email opt-in course. Um, oh, cool. But you actually just gave me a great idea. I should include that as one of the 10 best cocktail books <laughs> right. in the post. Right. And then just give people a link to go sign up for it. So yeah. I'll let you know how that goes. Cool. So um if we so you can see what affiliate revenue is the only way that Brew Cabin makes money right now. And I actually gained money despite the Amazon again because of the 40% traffic bump. So it kind of like evened out. So the and I, I talk about this later in the post, but the goal for Brew Cabin in 2021 is to actually start creating video courses with the new brewery setup. That was all a write-off because you know I have 
I just installed sound panels because Genius. the idea is to make YouTube videos and to make content and to make, pro you know, courses and stuff. And so uh, I already have what I'm going to do. I just need to go out there and actually do it. And so Very nice. that's the goal. I'm going to use Podia. Same. It's going to literally be the same exact business model at Swim University and Money Lab. It's one of the things I love about all of your brands is you take the same WordPress theme, which mm -hmm. is fantastic. You guys should all check that out. You have the same design. You take the same approach with everything and it works and it yeah. looks clean. There's cohesiveness across all of it. You don't try and overcomplicate it. You basically just say, this is work for Swim University. We've perfected this. So let's mm -hmm. apply it to other things that I like and turn it all into a write-off in the process. <laughs> Money Lab is a byproduct of everything I do at Brew Cabin and Swim University. There you go. And, and things I did at other businesses that I've started and have since left like Lasso. So like Money Lab, and I, I again, I you, thank you for bringing that up, but I do talk about that in this post where I go, look at, you know, here, it's actually the reason I took a screenshot of all of my different, you know, if you look at all of these, they're all the same. They're all the same. Yeah. Right. But it's just, yeah, it's carbonate is the, is the theme. So, uh, and actually it's right there. Carbonate is my WordPress theme that I literally use on all of my sites. And I, I was, well, I was so nervous to put that out because it's a, it's a, you know, it's code, right? So it's you know, something that is, is a lot of potential for customer service issues or right. updates and things like that. Yeah. And, and the way that I decided to, like, I had gotten so many requests on what theme are you using? What theme are you using? What theme are you using? I'm using my own custom theme is what, how it had answer. And they would say, well, can you just give that to me? And I'm like, no, because I, you don't, I, do you know how to code? Can you, you know, change things and fix things? And if there's a problem, are you going to call me and, or email me and yell at me and complain and want your, you know, and it's yeah. something I was going to give out for free. And so what I decided to do was, and this was on a whim and I, I, I was advised against it. People told me not to do this. And I went and did it anyway. And I am so thankful that I did is I just put out a zip folder of the actual theme. I tried to make it as customizable as possible in HTML. I have videos. I bought, I bought a domain bicarbonate.com, which is actually a, a play on words, <laughs> right? So bicarbonate yep. is you know, the chemical and using pools and so I'm pretty proud of that one. So that's the website. And that website, I think people get confused. That website is literally just a, is the manual, the owner's manual for Carbonate. And it's also built on Carbonate. So it's just very meta. And yeah. <laughs> I put out the zip file and I basically say, there's no customer service. I am not going to answer your questions. Anything that you want to learn is here. What I've given you is essentially a base to work off of. And I can, I, I show you, it's it kind of, it's kind of based on a philosophy that like you should only have very limited, uh, navigation. It should not be, you know, everything's responsive. Everything's centered. There's no sidebar. Cause I, pe people ask me, can I add a sidebar? I'm like, yep. Hire a developer to make you a sidebar. Yep. <laughs> you know, but it's, it's a relatively inexpensive base to start with and it's crazy fast. And that was the whole point is to make something that was like super fast, super lightweight, and we'll get you started and could actually be your entire website. Like it doesn't need to have any customization. It's literally how I do all my websites. So, 
Um, well, and that's the that's the one thing I've always one of the many things I've appreciated about you and your sites is they're the fastest websites I have ever seen. <laughs> yeah, like, I mean, I worked really everything hard. I mean, you do for page speed, and a lot of it I think is because of Carbonate is yeah just very impressive. Thank you, and and uh, this year, and I didn't even realize this page speed for bloggers, which is my uh, not my most recent course, but I published that in February. That ha we that came out before the pandemic hit yeah. America at least. Um, so I didn't even realize that. Now it's my least, you know, I've sold the least amount of this. I think it's because it's highly specialized, right? You kind of, it's very very technical. Um, and the other course that I came out with was YouTube for bloggers. We just launched that last week, and that's the biggest course that we have. It's it's. I don't even know. I mean, I should interview you for it if you would want to do an interview because I would love 100%. to talk to you about that, but uh, about your whole YouTube process. Um, yeah. But yeah, that course is, I, I think it's got to be more than like 10 hours of, of stuff. There's over 50 lessons um, and I'm constantly adding to it. Like I still have interviews that I want to do. I still have like things that I want to add to it. So it's just constantly growing and it's the biggest course we have right now. And it's new and, and came out last last week. One of the things that I think is really cool about that course in particular is a lot of the YouTube courses I've found, because I've, I've done a lot of research on trying to grow and scale YouTube channels. A lot of it's out of date. A lot mm -hmm. of it is people that got, you know, a few hundred thousand followers, but then haven't done anything in the last couple of years. You know, it's like you look at their traffic, it's very stagnant. Whereas you, you basically a year ago or, or whenever it was beginning of this year, you're like, mm -hmm. I'm going to go all in on YouTube and yeah. really try and make this work. And you've seen the growth because of it. So yes. to have someone who just went through this, saw that huge growth and is basically like, yeah, here's, here's how to do it. Here's what I'm doing. And the fact you're still adding to it. I think that's unique in the YouTube education space. Mm. Um, there's a lot of noise there, but I feel like there's very few people that have actually literally like single people that just sat down, did the work, had the results and they're right. sharing them. <laughs> yeah. And it's very, it's, it's very hyper specific again. It's, I mean, it's called YouTube for bloggers, mainly from, you know, like Obviously, it's a branding thing because all of my stuff has four bloggers at the end of it, um, except my affiliate marketing video course, which is going to actually end up changing uh, in 2021. Um, but yeah, it's for people like it's for someone like you who owns like a golf website or a cocktail website to create YouTube videos like on a consistent basis and make money from YouTube right out of the, right out of the gate. You know, it's not, totally. you're not, you're not waiting to like get a bunch of views so you can put ads on your site. Like that's a bonus. That's not what we teach in the course. We taught how we're selling our own stuff and, and, and affiliate links and all that stuff right away. So we saw, we didn't see explosive growth. Like our, the amount of subscribers we have on some university hasn't even hit 70,000 yet, but I've had the channel since like 2010. You know, so it's been like well, 10 years, but I've only I been think, consistently publishing this year and the growth has been like crazy. Well, and I think one of the like the big misconceptions with YouTube is you have to have like tens of thousands and hundreds of thousands of subscribers to make it a full time thing. Right. Whereas, you know, I've got 20, 24,000 subscribers right now and we'll make over one hundred thousand dollars directly from YouTube from people that then That's signed crazy. up for the email list, bought the course. I keep trying to remind myself, you're not doing YouTube to become a YouTuber or to become YouTube, a business owner and you have a business and it is a marketing channel and a way to support it. And it happens right. to be one 
that I enjoy doing and is a really good way to build trust and relationships with your users. Yeah. Um, so I think that's just one of the things that when people are get going with it, they kind of forget about. Um, and you're another great example of that. Thank you. Moving you're on. You're an okay example. <laughs> I'm going to stop uh, stroke. Here you go here. Uh, speaking of uh, the Swim University YouTube channel. Swim University, the YouTube channel has joined the chat somehow, <laughs> magically. How did that happen? wonder That's who that amazing. could be. Uh, in the course, uh, in the YouTube for Bloggers course, not to dwell on this, but Steph, who is my girlfriend, life partner, future wife, she is doing a lot of the, um, she's running the, the Swim University YouTube channel. And a lot of the lessons are her explaining her process. And obviously she's now in the chat logged in as the Swim University YouTube channel. So, all right, moving on to Lasso. Now, I kind of briefly touched on this with in this in this article. Oh, you know what I didn't talk about? Um, real quick, revenue-wise, if anybody cares. Um, affiliate revenue, don't really really make much on Money Lab with affiliate revenue, but I could tell you it's all from ConvertKit. Um, digital product revenue was about close to 60,000 this year, biggest year yet you know, definitely a living. Um, Absolutely. So my goal in 2021 is to really make that number and like money or brew cabin and money lab are like, that's my focus in 2021. And Steph is going to be definitely focused on some university and I'm working on some university as well. But how excited are you about that? Of which one to be able to, uh, to be able to work on both of them as opposed to working on lasso or working on swim university. How excited are you to be able to like go full time on saying, I'm doing Money Lab and Brew Cabin. Um, what's what's exciting about it, and what I talk about in my lifestyle post is like, or lifestyle business post, is I really am kind of driving this like message home in my own brain, which is like, you know, working and creating content is what I'm good at. It's what I've always done well, and I tend to go off and do other things. Like I'll code a thing that's nothing. I'll you know manage, build a spreadsheet, all of this stuff. And for me, it's like, well, the only reason I'm able to have all of this time and, and, you know, to do this is because swim university for the last, how many years, 14 years, like I, I worked a, a lot on creating content and building this foundation. And now when I create content, it does really well because there's a foundation. Yeah. And so the thing I've been trying to drill into my head is like, isn't it a good job? to just sit down and make a piece of content, whether that's a podcast or a YouTube video or a blog post, you know, or a graphic, some a graphic to go into a, an existing post. Like, isn't that a good enough job? Isn't that a great job? Like, yep. do you really need to like build another business and do this and like push yourself and like burn yourself out on these other things? Like if, if my only job is to come down here and if I just have to create one thing, if it's either one thing for a grander thing, piece of content, or it's a piece of content, like, like this could be the only thing I do today, right? I put out a YouTube video for Money Lab. Great. That's I your could, job. That's my job. That's what I do. You have the curse of you can do a lot of things. Right. So you do a lot of things. Right. Um, but yeah. I'm excited to see you focus on creating content and uh, see where you take it. Yeah. And see how much you enjoy it after a full year of, you know, just doing content. I'll tell you what. I love this so far. Hey, I didn't, I didn't yeah. think I would. I thought I was going to hate it. <laughs> really? I've done live. I've done live streams before. 
and the comments were overwhelming and the like i've got i gotten trolled once where it was like a guy like literally started calling my cell phone like it was nuts and this time i don't know this this ecamm platform is just makes it really easy and i can get super creative with it like it's a it's a i can go you can go as deep as you want to go with it i can't wait so which you will because oh, you can oh do I will. I will, baby. <laughs> so, uh, touching on Lasso real quick, you can read kind of the grander reason of why I left Lasso in my lifestyle post. I won't go into too much detail here, but basically, I burned out. I couldn't, you know, I worked on it for like two years. I worked on it really hard in 2020. And when we moved and the house became a project in and of itself, it just like, I fell apart. I just fell apart as a person. And, and I, Software's hard. That's that's it. It's hard to manage. Like once I built the thing, like once I created the thing, I was I felt like I don't know what else I want to do with it. Yeah. So I walked away. So I was it a difficult decision to walk away? Oh yeah. It took or me were weeks. you Yeah. And do you I, feel good about it now looking back? Do you still feel like it was the right decision? Yes. But uh, you know, Andrew had presented me with the offer to buy me out, and I was mm-hmm. like, no wait and then i kind of like wait a second yeah what's your what what are are we talking here well it wasn't even about the money it was about it it was like the future relief of like never logging into intercom ever again because that to me it was this little like icon at the top of my bookmark you know my bookmarks bar and i would just see a little yellow you know like you have a new message like every second there was always something and knowing that the uh-huh. more successful Lasso became, uh-huh. the worse that was going to get. And the right, more messages you were going to have. That's so hard in the moment, right? It's it's in the moment I'm like, FOMO. It's like, I'm going to miss out on the growth of this thing. And am I okay with that? Yeah. That was, took me weeks to figure that out. Yeah. And then it was like, yeah, I guess. Yeah, and I'm cool. And the buyout certainly wasn't worth what the the amount of time, like my, you know, if I had to put an hourly rate on my time and the amount of time that I put into it, like it's nowhere near covers it, but that's what the business was worth at the time. And that's what I invested into the company. And that was what I got. So also, you know, there's something to be said for all the intangibles, such as learning the lesson that software and plugins is not necessarily what you want to do. And so you can go into doing content feeling like this is what I'm excited about. Except I've learned that lesson multiple times. So yeah, that's fair. I wasn't going to touch on that, but you know, we're looking for silver linings here. Yeah. It's like, when are you going to get it through your head? You don't (laughs) like this stuff. I'm really excited to see your uh, next SaaS product for uh, next spring. (laughs) Yeah. Right. Come on. Um, so moving on, that was lasso. That's my, those are my brands. The lasso is the brand for me that has, that has died. Um, it is still, but very much alive and I very much use it on all my websites. In fact, you just saw it. It's right here. That's lasso, uh, or at least one thing that lasso can do. Um, I very much support the product. I, I will continue to promote it cause I love it and I helped build it obviously, but like, it's great. It's absolutely fantastic. Um, but moving forward, I did this year was, um, a little tiny, tiny little bit better, uh, as far as the content that I put out on Money Lab than I did the year before. However, um, no, you know what? I, was, I think it was exactly the same. Uh, but I've every year I feel like I neglect Money Lab. Like I feel like I don't do. 
put out enough content. Do you think? Yeah, I think that Money Lab has always taken the backseat to everything else because, sure. you know, Swim University, I mean, you look at the other things and it's like, oh, this is this is my job. This is what's making money. Money Lab is just the stuff you that's fun for you. Like yeah. it's what you enjoy doing, but hasn't necessarily up until relatively recently been like a big driver of income. But now, you know, just off your products alone, you make 60 grand a year. And true. I've been, a, it's always been thing. my favorite place to live, like on the Internet. Because I can literally be as creative and as insane as I want to be. And sometimes I forget that. That I have this like platform that I could go and I could do an insane thing. Well, and it's also the the audience you have here. While I know it's not as big as maybe you know, you'd like it to be. It's certainly not as big as I think it should be. But the people that tend to watch Money Lab and the people that are there also tend to be relatively influential people that know what they're talking about. So it's like you have a big opportunity to create it, scale it, do these interesting challenges that mm -hmm. most people don't have the patience to do, right. uh, which I think is one of the things that makes it pretty unique. Yeah, I mean, that's that's true. And, I and you know, this year I felt like I did a lot, uh, but I always want to do more. So I had this first challenge that I did, which was, um, which was a terrible challenge called the Money Making Podcast Experiment. Do you remember this? Did you follow this at all when it came out? A little bit, yeah. Yeah, it... Um, Long story short, it was a dud, but uh, I that's my thing. I can create content. I can I can do I can put together a podcast. And there was a tweet that I think Justin Jackson or or somebody had had brought to my attention. I think yeah, Justin Jackson definitely brought it to my attention. Um, this company had did this research on podcasting categories in Apple and in Apple Podcast. And then what happened was uh, they found out that the swimming category had like barely any podcast in it and so like if you started a swimming podcast uh you could essentially like be the top of that category Got now it. what i do is not technically like swimming it's you know it's pool care but i was like i'm gonna hey might as well shot. let's do this <laughs> yeah and so i knew how to make a podcast and the idea was i'm gonna make these like five minute episodes that are just like tip based and like question and answer based and like i made a you know you can see that what's what's cool about the experiment, even though it failed to make any money, at least. I think I sold like two products from the coupon code. So, I mean, not totally failed, but um, what's cool about the experiment is like it's my entire process of starting a podcast from start to finish, like the entire thing. Yep. So if you're interested in starting a podcast, you can definitely look at that because I think that that's that's everything I know <laughs> all in one, you know, all in one challenge. The Pinterest Avalanche Challenge was named after a course that I had taken called Pinterest Avalanche Course um, from createandgo.com. And, or it, it could be createandgo.co, but I think they own the .com now. Great course uh, on using Pinterest. They use Pinterest for their um, thing and, and for their, like, they have a um, health and fitness brand. Mm -hmm. And they do very well on Pinterest. And Pinterest has been like a big traffic driver on Swim University because I kind of dedicated myself to it a few years ago. And I thought, well, what if I created a hundred pins and just like threw them all up at once? And like, you know, is it an, is it an evergreen, you know, search engine that would, you know, do well for Swim University now? why this challenge failed a lot of people told me i didn't give it enough time because i did it in 30 days i should have i should have like let it go through the year and then see how it how well it did 
Um, it's still not. A, Pinterest has never been a good source of traffic that converts to digital product sales. Do you think that's due to the niche you're in? Or why do you think that is? I think it's just due to the type the of, of Pinterest. Pinterest person. There, there, You know, I think I use Pinterest for, like, we used Pinterest to for the house. You know, we would just, like, I mean, I, I used it for brew cabin. Like, or, sorry, I used it for my actual, like, homebrew space. I was just, like, yeah. finding pictures of, like, things that I liked for design reasons, you know, created a board, and then based my design off that. And I actually do use Pinterest for designing websites and stuff. You know, Lasso, there's an entire Lasso Pinterest board of like 90s neon, <laughs> you know, purples and greens and stuff um, that I think is in an article. You can see the the, the board. Um, and then speaking of which, I think it's in this article, the Extreme Makeover SaaS Edition, which is when I when I took Lasso, uh, we had this was the old logo and this is the updated logo. And the cool story about that is... Um, when I, when I went to New Jersey last year uh, to visit my parents, Andrew lives in New Jersey as well, so I drove up to see him, and he had an office at the time, like, a, like, a, um, like an office outside of his home, and he had gotten, he had commissioned these neon signs for all of the brands that he owns, and cool. one of them was the, the cactus for Lasso, and it, and it was based on this original cactus logo that his wife created and i i had decided that i wanted it to i wanted the words to feel more like an actual lasso right so i wanted it to be cursive and but then when i put it together with this original icon people told me that the the thinness like didn't really work with the the original cactus logo and i tried all these different things and then and then like I was looking at pictures or I went to go visit him and I saw that I saw his like neon sign and I took a picture of it. Cause I'm like, Oh, that's the logo. I'm like, Oh, okay. And so it became this like neon theme based on something that he had done, gotten done on his own. That's nice. where it came from. Um, that's a real fun read. It's a long one, yeah. <laughs> but it's everything that I learned about, um, designing software. So I did a lot of research, read some books, and then I think Lasso is a great design. Um, yeah. 100%. And then this one blew up, this post, because it came out at, like, the amazon Again, like, pinnacle. Yeah. Um, and I think, and it's literally my favorite thumbnail, or my favorite featured image. And I, I just, there was a, it's this pillow back here, and I just grabbed it and bit into it, and then just, like, left the video camera running you know, on my, on my camera and then just picked a scene where it worked. And then I changed in the, in Photoshop, I kind of changed the color of the pillow to match more of the Amazon color instead of a dark orange that I had back there. So that's just a little behind the scenes, but yeah. Well, especially because I'm sure what you were actually feeling right at that moment was that. all of that. <laughs> it feels it, you know, it's, it, it definitely invokes a, an emotional reaction, right? Yes. It's definitely me like muffling, like, you know yeah for sure so this post is uh based on the idea that like it happened or it, we knew it was coming like we knew amazon was going to cut commissions they gave us a week's notice seven days they gave the, the entire internet seven days notice and so it was 
a mad dash to, you know, make sure that I wasn't, you know, I, I did the math. I knew how much money I was going to lose and it was preparing for that. And then all of the steps that I took in that post to, you know, push the digital product stuff more than Amazon. Yeah. So that's a good one. And then I, the one thing I props to you for putting that out. I was terrified that like a month down the road, you were going to get an email from Amazon being like, we're sorry, your uh, Amazon associates count has been uh, deactivated for, you know, violating yeah. terms of service or something. But, you know, <laughs> I, again, I, it could happen any day. Yep. I just have to be ready for it. You know, there you go. I'll live. It'd suck, but it'd suck. I mean, I moved, I, mean, a, I moved a lot of stuff got... over. Like I did, I yeah, stopped using Amazon for a lot of products. I, I went and found and negotiated with, a, with other e-commerce companies for a higher commission rate than even what Amazon was offering me before. And yeah. I'd started to switch a lot of those products over to that company. And it's been good. It's fine. It's not a living. I couldn't make a living off of it, but I haven't switched everything over yet. And I don't plan on switching everything because Amazon's still great for a lot of things. Totally. It's just I'm not getting the same commission rate. So, yep. Whatever. And then the follow up to that uh, post was this post that I called the Great Website Optimization Experiment 2, which is a follow up to my original one. And because I have, I have a post called the Great Website Optimization Experiment. And this is also a follow up to the fuck Amazon post. And I titled it Electric Boogaloo, which do you know where that's from? No. Uh, Breakin' is the name of the movie. And so they did his part two, and it was Colin Electric Boogaloo. And it's just funny. Nice. <laughs> you know, so the name of this post is, uh, you saw the name of this post? <laughs> Love the Bomb. Do you know what that's from? No. It's Dr. Strangelove. Man, my pop culture references are really <laughs> letting me down right now. I don't know if I'd consider that pop culture. That's old as shit. But um, <laughs> yeah, uh, it's uh, Dr. Strangelove. Or how I learned to stop worrying and love the bomb, and I the yeah. reason I titled it that was, I was, this year was a bomb. A bomb got dropped on us, you know, figuratively, and it's the whole and this whole idea of like, you know, the, even the lifestyle business post being that how I learned to stop worrying about all the things that you know were going on and just accept it. Basically, well, it's it's at a certain point that's all you can do. I mean, it's like you we only have control over so many things. So yeah. take action on the things you can control. And you know, it's like, you can either choose to be depressed or not. Yep. And no matter what you choose, there will still be elements of both. But I think there's a lot to be said for attitude. A hundred percent. And you know, then, so this, that post is basically um, just me optimizing the swim university digital product, you know, stuff. Um, and then I went into read. I went and moved from ConvertKit to ActiveCampaign because of cer a certain thing that ActiveCampaign could do, which was loopable automations. And I could create mm -hmm. seasonal automations in that loop. And I kind of go over that. It's way too nerdy to get into, but like super happy with it so far and really trying to work on that in 2021. Um, and speaking about like this entire idea of, just accepting what happens. It's I only wrote one article this year and it was my lifestyle business manifesto. It starts off dark, but it gets, there's light at the end, you know, of the post. Um, so if you're, you know, had a lot of death in life so, or to deal with a lot of death. So it starts off pretty heavy, but yeah, 
I, I highly recommend if you come away with nothing from this stream, I would recommend go reading that. I actually got text messages from friends in this industry who like didn't even comment or like tweet me or anything. They, they texted me and was like, this is everything. So that was, that was I'm pretty that sure I sent you one of those you text definitely messages. Part and you're of like, it. yeah, I've heard from so and so. It's a great post. And I'm wearing the exact same thing. It's the uniform. It's the uniform this year, 2020 uniform. Um, so kind of quickly to recap, uh, best things that happened. We released new products, four new products across all three brands, uh, YouTube for bloggers, PageP for bloggers at a winterization course, the money saving course I talked about, uh, faster. I increased my page speed early on when we were doing the course. So like all of my websites got the same treatment. And I think that set up, you know, the whole year of like doing well in, in, in Google and stuff. Yeah. Um, some university did really well on YouTube this year. Huge thing. We created an entire course around it. Um, it was awesome. Again, I talked about brew cabin, one new piece of content and it grew. This is the second year in a row. It's done that. Um, and I have an entire course on, I, on my SEO for bloggers course, which is my most popular course. And it's, uh, why I was able to, you know, have these sites that basically have no new content, no fresh content, and yet they still do well. And then I traditionally, I go through the not so great things. I usually put this at the beginning, but this year I decided to kind of flip it because of, we all know what happened. So that's the first thing on the list. And then my affiliate revenue declines. This is the Amazon again and stuff and stopping the podcasts. Hard decision. I bet. Um, I still get um, emails and DMs from people who are asking about List of Money Matters and where that went, what happened to it. And same with Money Lab. And it's really hard to tell people what happened. I talk about it here just briefly, but. Yeah, it's kind of like, um, you know, the podcasting, just the actual audio medium. I don't think it's what it used to be. Uh, I, obviously, there's like there's podcasts that are massive, but I think this is the future what we're doing right now. Yeah. And, and I will turn this into an audio podcast, but I don't think that's going to help. Yeah. Well, I made a decision, you know, it was about two years ago, I was kind of like, okay, I've got the blog. That's great. I need one other thing. Mm. Like, I don't want to do it. I don't want Facebook. I don't want, you know, Instagram. I don't want a podcast and YouTube. I want one other thing I can focus on. Yeah. So for me, it came down to, do I want to do YouTube or do I want to start a podcast? And for someone who sells, you know, digital products and online course and everything, the basic, you know, simple fact of it came down to where do people listen to podcasts when they're working out, when they're out for a walk, when they're in their car, they're not sitting somewhere where they can take action. Whereas with YouTube, right. if someone's sitting here on their computer watching this and there's a link, somebody can click on it and go like explore while they're watching the video. So it just made more logical sense for me, so uh, not to mention all the search benefit and, and on and on. So did your dad being in the industry have anything to do with it? Yeah, I've always been into video. Um, you know, I've liked doing video. You know, we did our desk video like five years ago, which is probably the best thing I've ever created and one of the yeah. most fun things I've ever created. Um, and so I just, I also just enjoy doing video. I mean, you and I, we've done probably at least half a dozen over the last few years whenever I was out in Colorado. And 
I just, I find that a lot more fun than just sitting and talking. I think there's a little bit more, you know, you can do to be creative. And that's one of the things that I think is kind of cool about the live stream is you can have the talking, you can have the long form discussions and interviews, but you can also do it in kind of a creative, unique way. So I'm curious to see as you go farther down this road, what you do with that. Yeah, I'm certainly been I've been kind of racking my brain on on how to replace the Money Lab podcast. Like how to because a lot of people were just like, we miss this idea that like you're there and it's weekly and, and I'm, we're knowing what you're doing. We're following along with you. Like the website's one thing. The email list is another thing. But I was putting out a show every single week and it was fun to do. That That's the thing. Like it was a fun thing to do. But when we looked at the numbers and how we were, you know, doing as far as a business, it was dismal. It just wasn't making sense. Yeah. No. So. And I think a lot of people would, I think the pandemic hurt, you know, I think it really just, um, I think everyone just kind of like moved away from audio podcasts just because again, you're, they're not commuting. They're not at the gym as often and people shift it to YouTube and YouTube's just getting bigger and bigger. So, and it's, and it's obviously a better search engine and I can do keyword optimization. I can do, you know, my SEO stuff, like my one thing that I'm good at, I can do that. At YouTube, I can't do that on the podcast as much as I want to and must, as much as I've tried to do it, you know, it just yeah. doesn't, it wouldn't work. So, yeah. yeah, so this, this year or 2021, and this is kind of the start of it. Like I would love to pursue this as the podcast or whatever and see how it goes. I don't know. Well, and I think it's cool because you can have long form things that are you have more video elements or more visual elements, or if yeah. you're like, you know what, this is this particular topic or this particular guest is going to work as a podcast. Right. And right. that's maybe the primary goal. And so you can have different styles of conversations that lend mm-hmm. itself, you know, to, to different things. So, but also yeah. like, yeah, I could share my screen, which I just did. You could share your screen and we could talk about, you know, your stuff in even more detail. You know, yeah. I can do, yeah, weird segments and, you know, we're going to get to questions for sure. And let's, I mean, I think we should do that, but that's, that's, that's it really. Um, you know, there's other pieces of the post. I recommend you go read it. It's only 2020 words. So, uh, yeah. So before we get to the questions, thank you for doing this. I appreciate it once again. And I'm glad you were so quick to be like, I hope I'm not taking all your time. No, this is, I'm happy to happy to help and happy to be a guinea pig. I'm excited to see where it goes because this is something I've been considering doing for my YouTube channel. So this is you know great you know test case. Mm, so who so who will you be your first guest? I have a few people in mind. Okay, probably James Clear. No, I mean Matt Giovanese. And James Clear is a good one. He has a book. <laughs> What no, have I, I got to, I got to, I got to work up to that. I got to make all the mistakes with you and then, right. you know, yeah. Then let me be the, guy. yeah. Let me be the guinea pig. The thing you poke <laughs> and prod. Let me be the first to get the, the vaccine, if you will. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Um, <laughs> let's answer some questions. I'm just, I think you can do this. Did you, you see that, right? Oh, that's fancy. Oh, right? look at you. Look <laughs> at you. Oh, oh man, so good. Just continually one upping yourself. All right, so I don't, I don't know. I haven't read the question, but I will. We can do that, and so that would be great. Um, so we're gonna go all the way back to the beginning of the comments and start with Lee, who wrote, "Was moving and setting up your home brewery stressful? Were you also spending time on other projects like 
the YouTuber vloggers in addition to the move to, and the home brewery? And the answer is 100,000%. It was one of the most stressful things ever. Um, and yeah, we were doing the course at the same time. We were doing, I was still working on some university. I was that lasso, like that whole leaving lasso thing was part of it. Like, yeah. I mean, I didn't do a lot of the work. It was mostly just coordination of like people coming in and out of the garage to work on different things. And I had a um, contractor who, you know, he was like my go-to guy to, to do most of the work. And he would just call and say like, Hey, I'm coming over and doing this. I'm like, okay. And so I didn't necessarily have to be there, but I liked being there to like let him in and say, Hey, what's up? What are you doing? You know, that kind of thing. So, um, and then once it was all done, I had to set everything up and then start actually brewing. And so, yeah, it was certainly, uh, stressful. Um, okay. Moving forward, Josh, you know, he wrote, Matt tried display ads in 2021. How do you feel about display ads? Uh, love hate relationship. Yeah, you and use I think them? it depends. I use them on breaking 80. Okay. So on the golf site, I was like about a year ago, I was like, we're going to do a test. We're just going to throw them up. We're going to see what happens. We're going to see if people complain about it mm -hmm. and see how it goes. And to this day, like they're ugly. Like I use, there's a lot of them. Like they no doubt make your site uglier. Um, and but I haven't had a, and slower. I haven't had a single complaint about them. And so it basically was just kind of like free money. You know, I think this year we'll make, I don't know, 20,000 bucks, something yeah, like that. Not which it's not nothing. Yeah. Um, so I think it depends a little bit on the brand. So like slightly pretentious, the cocktail stuff, there's a big part of me that just wants to be like, you know what, we're going to create all this content, like get to the point where I can get on Mediavine, use this display ads and as forward facing with myself as I am on the other brands and just be right. like, you know what, this is an outlet for something I enjoy. It's the, you know, the strategy is just going to be display ads. And so we'll see how that goes. Uh, yeah, I'm not going to touch them with a you 20, 40 <laughs> foot pole. No way. Not even close. I it, only because I, to me, page speed is the most important thing. Like I just, one of my, like, you know, why just for search or no, no, no user experience. experience. Yeah, user yeah. experience, which leads to like search engine. Yeah, I get all my traffic from search. And so like for me, yes, I am absolutely leaving money on the table, right? I am absolutely, um, you know, having FOMO every time I see what people are making with ads. Like I know, but I would not be able to sleep. I have ad blocker installed on my browser. I don't want to see ads. <laughs> I pay the extra money to Hulu to not see ads. I am actively trying to D, you know, add my life. I listen yeah. to the radio. I listen to NP. Like I listen to public radio. That's it. <laughs> I, I just, I just don't like ads. And when I listen so, to podcast, I hit that little 30 second button as fast as I humanly can. So do you run, you do you run YouTube ads? Oh yeah. YouTube channel? You have to. Yeah. <laughs> you own and the only so reason it's a you philosophical have, thing but it only goes so far well you have to, just me i don't want ads on the site i hate when like that happens i don't mind ads in youtube videos but also i pay for youtube premium so that i don't see ads and that's the only reason i pay for it fair it's just worth it to me it's worth my i don't i guess mental health like i hate i god for oh. you know how many times i would see Ty Lopez's face. If I, you know, <laughs> had YouTube regular, no, I Can't don't want to see him. 
So yeah, that's fair. Good um, yeah. So I just, it's user experience and I'm leaving money on the table, but you know what? I will just come up with more creative ways to make money in other areas. And that's what I look forward to. Um, so moving on, do we have any more questions? Uh, yeah. So Sean says, uh, Sean Bird says, it would be great if you put display ads on the site for a month just to see potential revenue, but also the effect on speed as it's uh, really quick beforehand. So yeah, I could do a test, but... You're not going to. Nah. But we would all like to see it. Nah. We'll see. <laughs> nah, we won't. I, uh, I would especially be curious considering you have done everything right you've done everything you can with page speed so yeah it's either going to tank which i don't right. think is the case i think what what would happen is i think you would prove that you can have display ads and a fast site it may not be as fast as it is now but i'm willing to bet that would be the case perhaps we'll it might know. not be it yeah might not be that bad of a test um sean also asked what is the font on brew cabin and the, it's going to change. Uh, currently, the actual font that you read, the mo that's a stupid thing to say, ever. Um, the, uh, you know, the, the paragraph font is oh, Georgia. Oh, the one you read. Yeah. Got it. Paragraph font is Georgia. The titles and the H2s and H3s and H1s and H... Yeah. Um, they're all Futura. And there's a reason I use those fonts. And right now, on my other sites, it's... I believe it's Arial and Futura. Um, they are web safe fonts. I don't have to install, you know, a, a, a different font library. It's not Google font where it has to load separately from Google. This is all for page speed. And, I was going to say, let me guess for page speed. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And future is actually an excellent. I love that font. I, I, I didn't yeah. know it was a web safe font and I think it's great. Um, so Paul L, do you have much of an email list from all the opt-in forms? Uh, as a number of subscribers. So at Swim University, we probably have, you know, probably 30,000 total subscribers. And again, that's like years of collecting that and constantly deleting people. Uh, we're just, we're just always keeping the list clean. Money Lab is like, right now, I think it's at 3,000, but I think um, that's, again, that's year. I mean, when I my like one of my first posts on Money Lab was the email marketing post that went viral, and I got sixteen hundred subscribers in a day, and I've been coasting off that ever since. <laughs> and I just keep like churning. I just like people are inactive for a period of time. I'm like, see you later. I don't even try to re you know reactivate them because I'm just like, I mean, if you're not opening my emails, you're gonna open up an email where I go, please open the email. So you can stay on my How list. Much that, what about the people that sign up? It goes to, you know, promotions or spam or something. And they just legitimately aren't seeing your email. Do you even care? Is that worth no. it to you? Yeah. Open my emails. Even if you don't <laughs> read them, just open them. If you want to keep but getting But they don't them. even know they're getting your emails. I open all your emails, John. Yeah, I don't necessarily I mean, read them all. <laughs> but I don't want to be off Broker, your list. Did he mention me? Did he mention me? No. Okay. Nope. Didn't mention me. I'm like, I usually just go to the YouTube link. Cause I already know, like, I don't need the explanation. I know you. Yeah. And so I just like yeah. run to the YouTube link and go and watch the video. But like, I do that 
I open it, if even if I know like, oh, I can't watch this video right now, I'll open it just so that I stay on your list. And I, not knowing if you that's what you do or not. Yeah. I'm not as ruthless about it as you are, but okay. I will be next year. Oh, I just I don't want to pay money. I don't want to pay uh, all this money to active campaign for people who aren't opening my emails. Yeah. I I'm like excited. seeing high open rates. I don't want to see I hate seeing low. Yeah. <laughs> all about optimization. There so, you go. Um yeah, uh, Sir Toby asked about the uh, your RPM is about a thousand dollars, which I think is on YouTube um, revenue per thousand. So it's yeah, thousand yeah, dollars per. Okay, it's crazy. Um, are all of, are all these direct core sales through the site, or did you sell them through the newsletter? Uh, both, I, I, mostly the site actually. It's like we get a lot of impulse buys. People just will be on the page. They'll click it and they'll buy it. It's only $49. It's below 50 bucks. And I think that's like the threshold for like impulse. Yeah, there was a study. I wish I could find it because I talk about it often, but I don't remember where it was, where there was like a study that showed like anything under $10, whether it's $1 to $9 will basically be a certain level of impulse. And then like $10 to $29 is like a new level. And anything in that range is effectively the same 29 to 49 and so on. And I mm. wish I could find the numbers about that study because I think it's kind of fascinating. Thanks for bringing it up. Yeah, very good story, bro. <laughs> uh, this one's from Vicky, which I put on the screen. Um, the question is, I've been thinking about freelance copywriting. And I know that Sean's, that's your jam. That's what you do. It's what you My talk thing. about a lot. Is freelancing yep. still a good space these days? I think it's one of the best spaces, especially for someone that's new. They're just starting out. You're like, you know what, this whole working from home thing is pretty good. I'd like to be able to do that indefinitely, but you need to start something, you need to build skills, you need to build income, you need to build confidence. And I think freelance writing is the best way to do it because we all generally have a certain level of writing experience, you know, and with freelance writing, you can have basic SEO content writing where you don't have to be a great writer all the way up to, you know, professional copywriters that are professional salespeople that are very eloquent with their words and be very persuasive and everything in between. Um, so I call it a bridge business. You know, it's the thing that you might not do forever, but that's the thing that's going to get you from point A to point B. So I think, you know, within, you know, three to six months, you can get to the point where you're making, you know, three to five grand a month with freelance writing, which gives you options, it gives you the freedom to go travel. It gives you the freedom to quit your job and still pay the bills while you focus on growing that business or, you know, do that while you start your side hustle, your version of money lab or whatever it might be. So, uh, Long answer long. Yeah, I think freelancing is still a excellent uh, thing to be doing this next year. Yeah, I, I agree. I love that the bridge business idea. I, I my yeah. mine was the same, but for freelance web design. Like yeah. that was the that was the interim between like me quitting my job and me doing this full time. And mine was freelance SEO. So it doesn't have to be freelance writing, but what I found is that, you know. Most of us can write, even mm -hmm. if it's only at like a high school level or whatever, but web design, SEO, those are things that all require a little bit more expertise. Um, yep. So, and, you know, I mean, I not to cut you off, but I have a friend who's like a personal friend I grew up with who uh, he was a great writer. That's what he went to school for. That's what he wanted to do. I know he wanted to write novels and stuff. And I I'm still think he's trying and doing that. But he I told him he was a school teacher. And I said, yeah. I was like, look, he you want writing jobs like I need writers and I know other people that need writers and I 
I don't think I forced him into it, but I got him into the world of freelance writing where he was writing for multiple people to the point where he actually quit his teaching job like at a high school. And now that's what Amazing. he does. And he every summer, like because I think his um, fiance is also still a teacher, but they travel the yeah. world. And that's I've like within Location Rebel, we've seen that exact same story over and over and over mm -hmm. again. Um, yep. You know, it's not hard work. It can be difficult because a lot of people don't have the stamina or the perseverance to be able right. to get past that kind of early stage where you're not totally sure what you're doing and you start might start reaching out to get clients and you get some no's or non-responses and that kind of wears you down. Yeah. But if you can push through that phase and get your first client or two, then you're off to the races. That's all. Yeah, that's that's the way to go. Um, so this next question is from Guido and. Uh, it's whether just starting out online or when ranking in the or when sorry when raking in the cash by the wheelbarrow what keeps you going when times are hard and when they're easy and you could just be lazy oh that's a that's a big question i mean like yeah like so i'm as, so he's saying i'm saying like yeah whether you're just starting out so you're you're in the beginning or you're you're like you're making money and you're making a living from doing it um, how do we sort of stay motivated? Cause I, I, you know, you, you sometimes compliment me on like, it feels like you're always motivated to do something. Yeah. And I think like you feel the complete opposite. Yeah. So it's interesting because you get to a certain point where you don't have to worry about make like paying your bills, taking care of like basic expenses. And once you get to that point, it's tricky because I, I think that's kind of part of the question is how do you continue to motivate yourself? So for mm -hmm. me, which, and there are times I do a much better job than this at others. There are times where I just don't feel like doing anything. <laughs> and then I'm like, all right, well, I'm going to go play golf or I'm going to go, you know, do something else. And that's one of the luxuries of having this kind of lifestyle business is you are able to take that time off. And if you are feeling lazy and unmotivated, then you can take a break. Um, but the things that kind of keep me going are twofold. One, it's the people in my community as you know, I haven't built just straight affiliate sites or niche sites. You know, I'm very active within our Location Rebel community. I've got a golf membership site. So I'm constantly every day talking to the people that have paid me for help and built relationships with those people. So, you know, as I said, you know, we've got dozens of people that have had that same experience with freelance writing and be able to quit their job. When when I see that and when I can see people get that first client and hear about people leaving their, their job, you know, that's the thing that's like, oh, like the work you are doing is actually having tangible benefits to people and changing their lives. So for me, that gets motivating and that's exciting. Um, the other thing, you know, I've kind of talked about the struggles between having three different sites. You know, I've built three sites around three things I love to do, travel and entrepreneurship, golf and cocktails. Mm -hmm. So if I get burnt out on one and I'm not feeling motivated or lazy, then I can just go to one of the other ones. Right, right. And the nice thing is, is they're all like, you know, I go out golfing. Cool. I'm going to take you know, a new, you know, golf bag, and I'm going to go out and review that, you know, during mm -hmm. the day I'm out there. So the work and play all kind of comes hand in hand. Right. You know, I'm really into like photography and video. So, you know, instead of just making, you know, three cocktails for myself at night, I can make a drink and I can photograph it. And then I can go take the drink and I can write the article about it, which has the added benefit of not, you know, helping me to not drink too much during, you know, the pandemic, but it's something that I enjoyed. So it allows you to yeah. kind of change gears. So that's a little bit for me. I mean that mine's only the latter that you spoke of. I I am I am um 
weirdly not motivated by helping others. Like I like yeah. helping others. I don't, you know, like getting the feedback that like, oh, you helped me it's is great. good, but it doesn't get yeah. me out of bed the next day to do it again. Um, yeah. What, what, it, what does is creativity, like something like this. Like I drank last night and I woke up this morning and I'm like, you know, not a hundred percent, but I'm like, I'm looking forward to this thing because I do think this would be fun and it was creative and I could sit down and kind of like work it out and, you know, get music and do this thing. And the home brewing, the home brewery is, is, was that project. And like, even the, the video more, you know, specifically the first video that I put out on brew cabins, YouTube channel was like the most fun thing I've done in a long time because I just got to express my creativity in all the different things that I'm interested in. So it's just, you know, it's just, I, I will. Me, yeah. Yeah. I will a hundred percent agree with the creativity and specifically on the video stuff, mm -hmm. the video and the creativity that's opened up with my business has been so enjoyable. You know, to me, you know, polemic, rather than just, you know, going around and going to a bunch of bars, it's like, Hey, let's make a video that would be fun and entertaining yes. and helpful to people. And, you know, I really enjoyed, I would do that even if it never got published, just because I thought it was fun to do and we got to be creative and stupid and have, you know, some fun with it. But it's also was, you know, I've gotten a lot of comments from people on that, you know, how to start a niche site video that people are like, this was great. Like this was super beneficial and helpful. Oh wait, the so, one that you and I did? The one that you and I did. Yeah. So it was like, we were in Vail, which is, you know, the last thing we should be doing is working on a music, a video, like it wasn't right. even a music video, but like. <laughs> because we were there together and because, you know, you know me and it was like, let's do something different. Let's create yeah. something. And it was in the moment we had a camera, we had nothing. And we just kind of built the thing over like on the fly, like just went out and got footage. Like I'm going to jump up and do this. And like, I'm going to do like, I came up with the bit and we did the bit and it was like, and then you put it all together or, or at least your, your dad put it all together and create it what i was it was a unique video for your channel because mostly it's just you talking head which we did do but it was like because i was there and you've had other people on your channel before but we just got yeah, to it play was just around. a fun way to be creative in a new way and it's stuff like that that that's like gets me excited that's yeah. like it's like that has been one of the big things that has kept me from getting burnt out and, you know, when I write blog, I've been writing blog posts for 11 years, <laughs> all about how to build a business. And so to mm -hmm. finally say, okay, let's do this in a different way where we can be a lot more creative. That's been, that's been exciting. So. Yeah. And, and Craig just said, combining work and passion can go one of two ways, either the passion motivates you or it kills or the work kills the passion. And that is, and a, I will say it does both. So you, I mean, I know that you experienced this with golf, right? Yeah. So and how has it golfer. been with cocktails? I don't, I can't imagine. No, cocktails and the cocktail stuff is still new, but golf, like I think, and I think it will be the case with cocktails where it's like, you know what? I'm just kind of sick of this for a while, but I, I think wine. it ebbs, it ebbs, yeah. I think it ebbs and flows. I think if you make your passion, your business, you mm -hmm. will go through phases and periods of life where you're just not as excited about that thing. And yeah. what I've done with the golf stuff is I've, when I kind of got burnt out on golf, so I said, you know what, I'm not gonna, I'm just gonna go play golf to golf. I'm not going to worry mm -hmm. about the review. I'm not gonna worry about right. documenting it or writing it or any of that kind of stuff. And that's kind of helped, you know, reinvigorate things. Or I say, you know what, I'm not gonna worry about this website for, you know, two months 
and I'm just going to focus on cocktails or I'm going to focus on location rebel. Yeah. And that kind of goes back to what I talked about at the very beginning of this, where, you know, I've not given any of the three things, the attention they deserve, um, you know, through, you know, getting other people to help me or, you know, really just picking one of them and kind of going all in. Um, but I will say that despite it kind of killing your passion at times, it has been a hundred percent worth it not only for the relationships you build within that industry and within that passion, but all of the intangible benefits you don't think about when you start a website like that. So mm. with you starting a, a brewery website, you've immediately got an in in a way to reach out and talk to some of the best brewers in the world. You've got a way to immediately get free you know, brewing equipment sent to you um, for reviews and things yeah. like that. You've got I've, a way to write off all of your brewing expenses. Yes. And so on. I actually want to talk about that um, because this is something I thought a lot about because I know I'm getting in like I'm, you know, when I first started brew cab and I wasn't doing a lot of the writing and now I'm going to be doing a hundred percent of the writing, hundred percent of the video content, all of that. I've already brewed two beers completely yep. start to finish. I've filmed zero of it. I don't, I didn't want yep. to film it. And the, and, the reason I didn't want to film it was I want to enjoy this space as a, a true hobby of mine. I didn't want it totally. to be for content. Um, and I think John has a question here, which is, um, I don't think it pulls the whole thing up. That's kind of, that kind of sucks. It doesn't give you the whole question, right? Oh, you can't see the whole thing. Yeah. Oh no, it does. Yeah. It does show the whole thing. So I agree on the work and passion thing for sure, but can you write off all your homebrewing and tie it directly to your content, right? So uh, I've, I've made, I'm, I'm making decisions in the moment, but one of the things I don't want to do is I don't just want to start collecting equipment because companies are sending me equipment to review. I'm not 100% yeah. sure I want to be a review channel. I don't want to, I like the equipment. I spend a lot of time and effort researching what I like and want. And then it's like, well, why would I want this other thing? That's like, not as good as the thing that I did just to make a video on it. And now I have this thing in my house that needs to be stored. Plus now I have to go on YouTube and say like, you know, the company sent me this product. So I didn't pay for it with my own money. And you know, then it, I, for me, I kind of lose the, I loses I lose the credibility or I think for me when I watch other homebrewing youtubers and I watch just other youtubers who review stuff I'm like you better you better have bought that yeah you know in my and head because I'm just like and it's very much a, a fine line because you've got yeah. these relationships and you know you can you can tell the people that are authentic and you can tell the people that have to say something nice I want to be the authentic people I want to be a part and, of that. And, and, I, I, and it means not collecting a bunch of crap. But however, I will take ingredients. <laughs> okay. Because one, I'm not reviewing the ingredient. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like no one's going to expect that. But their ingredient will certainly be in the videos. And ingredients are something that are, they're perishable. They, they go, they leave my house. They're not, they don't collect, right? I don't yeah. have to ship anything out. And if I do like a, a, a giveaway or something, I, and I just, also, I don't want to be that guy who's like, you know, I like this thing because they sent it to me for free. You know, it's it's impossible. Like, you know that if somebody is doing a product review on YouTube, it's in, in favor of that product. Like, you're yeah. 
you're rarely do you see There's no benefit for me to go on and or anybody to go in and completely trash a product i've <laughs> seen it once in the homebrewing community i've seen it once yeah. and i and it honestly like worked for me because i was like good i was actually thinking about buying that and i watched <laughs> this review video and he was like this is a piece of shit and i was like but whoa and then also you're like oh but now i trust you now yeah, I'll listen to your other 100 percent. or if you just say like i bought this with my own money you know yeah. like and I, and, and, but at, at that time you're like, okay, you bought this, you researched it. This is what, you know, you should buy. And yeah, it's like, I don't really want sponsors, you know, unless they're, um, you know, going to let me do my thing. And it's just like, you know, cause I just, I don't know. I want it to feel like a, its own thing. I'll, I'll sell my courses. That's, that'll be like my, that's what's, you know, brew cabin will sponsor brew cabin, you know, and that's yeah. what I want to do. So we do it some university. That's what I did here. I'm not, this is not, you know, sponsored by any company. There you go. And that's, and that's something I appreciate about you is you basically, you know, you have a very clear stance. This is what I want to do. Yeah. This is what I don't want to do. I don't care if I can make more money. I don't care if I get all this other stuff. Right. That's not me. That's not this brand. And that's very rare on uh, the internet these days. <sighs> I want to be that rare person. Although you don't get, you don't get a huge following when you're rare, right? It's like, you know, there's pros and cons, but yeah, I know. you know, you've I, obviously done an okay job at you know building big sure. brands. So. And I want to sleep at night. That's my whole thing. And, and yeah, you know, like same with homebrewing. There is gonna be like many weeks where I don't make content on YouTube just because like I just want to brew. I don't want this to be like when I go out. I actually met a guy recently um, who you know he's he does he's he has a you know a hobby turned it into a business and now he's like i only do that hobby for a business and he said he yeah. stopped listening and stopped consuming content within his industry because he was like it i was constantly comparing myself to those things yeah and i'm I, like oh my I god it, to that it, quite a bit it like yeah in that case for him i don't know necessarily think it killed the hobby for him but i don't want that to happen to me i still want to follow homebrewers i still want to consume homebrewing content i don't want everything that i do to have to be for research for content yeah so totally that's the whole thing um that's it that was an hour and a half long video just like that just like that i i recorded it it's live i like doing this sean i loved, loved having you on you're the best Dude, this was fantastic thank you yeah. for the compliment i appreciate that this was awesome <laughs> locationrebel.com Breakin80.com if you're into golf or golfing or uh, that's it for golf. Yeah, pretty much golf. And if you're in the cocktails, which I certainly am, slightly pretentious.co. Very hard one to spell. Yeah, I had a few people, like people were either really like love it or hate it when I was trying to figure out if we were going to stick with that name. And they're like, yeah, it's kind of hard to spell, but it also kind of hilarious and somehow with it <laughs> i mean i would even have trouble googling that because i don't know how to spell contentious or slightly well there you go we'll get you there one day all right thank you uh appreciate it sean <laughs> thank you everybody for joining and hopefully this went great and i will see you next time and now for the song bye <laughs>